Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. It's time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin. Let's begin. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Good to have you with us. Again, this podcast is created by mortgage professionals. It is for mortgage professionals, and we're grateful to have you as our listener. Again, our commitment to you is to bring you timely information in an audio format that you can listen to anytime and anywhere. Thank you goes out to Industry Syndicate. Check out all the podcasts at industrysyndicate.com. They promote our podcast as well as some of the top leading podcasts in the nation. I want to say a special thank you to our sponsors, the Mortgage Bankers Association of America, as well as Finastra Fusion Mortgage. MortgageBot Solution, experience the power of a fully integrated approach to mortgage lending that simplifies the borrowing experience and streamlines the process for employees. And I'm so thrilled to have them as sponsors. Also, Lender One. We were just at the Lenders One conference in Phoenix. It was great, well attended, and there was so much information. We're going to be bringing the presenters there on. Also, we have the Mortgage Collaborative, TMC. Go back and listen to the interview with Rich Zerbinski on February 7th that I did. And also, we have Total Expert as a sponsor. Thank you. I'll say a shout-out to Knowledge Coop as a sponsor. They do a great job as a learning management system. Check out their new release. It's coming out April 1st to get on the announcements on when that is being released and the information about that. Go to trythecoop.com. Comparing the team, got some new stuff coming out. It is really cool. Also, Mobility MMI, Mortgage Market Intelligence, and Modex. Both of these sponsors do a great job of helping you recruit top LOs and giving you intelligence about what goes on in the market. Be sure to check these companies out. Also, we're thrilled to have SnapDocs as a sponsor. They help lenders overcome obstacles to adopting e-mortgage technology. SnapDocs is now offering the e-mortgage quick start program. Check them out on our sponsor page. Also, Success Kit. I love what Julian Lumpkin and the group are doing. Check out the interview we did with Julian on January 10th in 2022. Can't begin to tell you how successful it has been for us. Check out successkit.io. Also, I want to say a special thank you to the Lender Toolkit. Also, we want to thank our sponsor, Penny Mac, TPO. Go back and listen to the interview with Kim Nichols on November 1st, 2021. Also, I want to say thank you to Form Free. So thrilled with their partnership. And then finally, special thank you goes out to Debbie Wemus at the DW Consulting Group, helping people with their LinkedIn profiles. And finally, I want to say a special thank you to Rob, Les, Alice, Alan, Matt, and my good buddy, Jack Nuttery. Welcome to the Lickin' on Lendy podcast, coming to you live from Las Vegas, the exotic race track. Today, we have Brett in here live, and Brett, such an honor to be here with you. Appreciate it. Honored to be here. Amazing place. Excited to yeah. uh, get out and drive a car. Yeah. So if you could introduce for us our sponsors, I would love to have you get in and talk a little bit about who these special people are. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Being here in Las Vegas with uh, the Ice Mortgage Technologies Conference, we're really excited to be here. We've got some great sponsors, uh, Softworks AI, uh, Data Verify, and our friends at Regora. And uh, we're really thankful that they could make all this happen and bring everybody together with us. Very good. Well, let's start off with a word from Regora. Yeah, well, thanks for having us. I got to say, this is an amazing event. It's a lot of fun watching people drive these cars and not having to be in the driver's seat myself. But thanks for having us. Appreciate it. Yeah. Talk a little bit about your partnership with and the relationship with Lender Toolkit. How did you learn about them and what got you excited about Lender Toolkit? Yeah, I think we both sort of look at the market in some similar ways. And we're looking for different ways to innovate across the entire landscape. And started talking probably about a month ago, right, Brett? And right now we're really just focused on finding some of those synergies, but we're excited about the partnership. That's great. Good. Well, thanks for being a sponsor for this event. Really appreciate it. You bet. Thank you. All right. Brent, let's talk a little bit about the story about Lender Toolkit. I love this. I want to get into it. And then, Carrie, I'm looking forward. We had Carrie on, listeners, as a part of the podcast. Gosh, was it a month ago or a little more than a month ago? Probably. Uh, a little bit longer. Yeah. And you did such a great job. And there's so much energy that came through you. So to get a chance to meet you live is just a real treat. So I'm it's thrilled. Pretty great. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. You did a great job. I'm looking forward to your comments today. But let's Thank get you. on started with Brett. You started this thing. You founded this. He came up with some idea. Talk a little bit about your background and what brought you to this point. Yeah, I think back on this last week, it was International Women's Day. And so I have to call out some of the women in my life that are special. That's awesome. My mom has been in this space for 30 something years. And, and I really grew up around mortgages, processing or origination. And there's so many women leaders that are in this space that I think help others and mentor others and they're leaders for the industry. So yeah. um, that's what really got me into the space. I started working in uh, different operational groups, processing, underwriting, secondary marketing, and eventually landed into technology. At that point, I had the opportunity to work with a really large enterprise lender who's uh, here today, PRMI. Oh, uh, they taught me the ropes at the enterprise level, and we did great there. A really powerful company in the space. Shortly after started Lender Toolkit, um, we saw an opportunity to really take some of the innovative solutions that we had, some ideas that we had, and help lenders nationwide. I started out as a consultant with ICE and oh, wow. LMA at the time. We've done thousands of hours, hundreds of implementations, working hand in hand with the ICE Mortgage Technology team to implement their product. That's where I met Carrie. Oh, right. um, yeah, it was a really good opportunity and a good learning lesson. So through that, we noticed that a lot of lenders have the same challenges and problems and that we can apply our standardization and ideas and fix those problems for a lot more. So yeah, we really decided to standardize our roadmap. I mean, we created things around workflow, automation, business rules, input forms, pipeline views, all sorts of different things that are leveraging the system. But what really took us to the next level was we started to build and acquire our own software products. Our really a flagship platform is AI Underwriter, and it's fundamentally changing the way that lenders look at the way underwriting works. Another example was uh, task-based workflow. We've worked with a lot of leaders in ICE Mortgage Technology, collaborated with Lenar a little bit to work on some of this stuff. And I think that's uh, another way for us to help the industry and standardize things. Yeah, that's outstanding. And by the way, listeners, if you're listening, is that race cars in the background? That's right. We have so many of the participants that are here out there driving some really cool cars. We got Ferraris, we got Lamborghinis, we've got a Porsche out there. That's the one, the slow car out there. I think it's like the Yugo of the cars. That the GT2, I think, is the fastest car out there, actually. Is that right? Well, that's the one I was in. That's, that's the one that's got our logo on it, so I'm so thrilled to be here. Carrie, let's talk a little bit about what's driving Lennar's desire for change and automation. You brought up some really good points in the last interview we did when you were dialed in and we were talking to the other B, the Brent guy. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so what's going on? I think in general, mm -hmm. it's not just us, it's everybody. Our industry has really been trying to evolve and change for quite a while. 
And it's been difficult to kind of find the path to do that. We've tried a lot of little things, made some incremental change in general, but I think kind of where we're going, especially working with Brett and having the same exact background as him. Wow. Yeah, I was born and raised in the industry. My mother's been in the industry for over Both 50, of you guys have parents in years. I yeah. love it. Yeah, absolutely. It's like um, the mafia, you know. We're, we're yeah. <laughs> I swore I would it's never. It's a family be, business. I swore I would never do it. But once I started, business. I just love it. Yeah, I love it. It is. And um, I, I worked around a lot of great innovators. When I was a lot younger, I worked with Garth Graham, Tom Moreno, oh, yeah. who's our CIO at Lennar Mortgage, and was exposed to the technology side of things. But like Brett, I have a lot of background, pretty much every role that you can have and found what drives me, my passion, a lot like Brett in solving problems, solutioning things, yeah. right? You clearly talked about that, and but it's the desire for change. What is the desire that drives you in this? What do you see as the opportunity? So I think in general, and again, it's really for everybody, it's the desire to be more efficient, mm-hmm. to create solutions that kind of change how this industry moves forward. We're constantly trying to keep up with regulation change and adapting to staffing and fluctuating volumes and things like that. So we're trying to find a really good sustainable path forward that we can continue to build off of that's going to help drive the change in this industry. Using automation obviously is the key, but that automation helps people change, right? It helps people grow, better career path, and better customer experience. You've got a great personality for driving because it says driving change. <laughs> and sometimes it's driving it like one of these fast cars out here. And you got to put the foot to the pedal. But yeah. it's learning when to slow down and when to let everyone catch up and then yet accelerate. It's so metaphorical that we're sitting here at a racer really talking is. about that very, very thing. How are some of those things at Lennar that you've been able to do this so successfully? That's a great question. So I think... A couple of things. Number one, understanding the industry and the work that's being done on a granular level so you can relate Mm. to those who are doing the work. You have to understand what they're doing. And once you understand that and you can educate others on how you're going to solution it, what does the vision look like, right? Having a concept of what people are going to be able to achieve and where it's going to go. And truly, how does it affect them? Is there going to be a return on investment? Are we going to save money? Are we going to do things faster? But the people change much more challenging. Well, more challenging. I yeah. find it's really about education and communication. Yeah, that's interesting. So true because getting computers to do things, that's just fairly simple program and made they work. People, that's another thing, getting that to work. Yeah. Brent, when you sent me a link to the ICE Mortgage Tech podcast, that was really interesting. It talks about what is driving lenders to make changes to automation, which is very interesting. Is Lender Toolkit seeing the same desire for change and automation in the industry? They absolutely are. The last few years has been chaotic for everybody. So standard things that are driving these uh, trends are, are happening to everyone. COVID and the pandemic and working from home and labor shortages and customer expectations is a big part of this. Okay. They are seeking to make a great customer experience for everybody. And that's a particular driver that's driving automation is how do we improve that? When you're talking about how you prove it, what is some of the vision that's behind that and and some of the obstacles you've had to overcome? There's a lot of things. Um, Honestly, the reason lenders want to automate is for their own survival at this point. That's a good point. They're trying to improve things. They've been focusing on the point of sale system for the last few years. I think that's pretty dialed in. Mm-hmm. They've invested in a solution there. So now they're turning their heads to manufacturing. They're seeking to look for ways to make their lives better for their employees, handle scale in a really effective way, especially underwriting. You know, I think that's a key part. Regulatory changes. You and I were talking last week when we said that there was uh, a lot of litigation and regulations that are coming down the pipeline. Thankfully, one of our sponsors has uh, fraud protection through their drive report. We've recently added that to AI Underwriter because we have a major focus on um, automation and compliance too. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that are driving that, not the least of which margin compression and staff reductions and other things. 
Yeah. How has COVID and the whole pandemic played into all this? There's people that are spread out all over the place. They're working from home. They're doing things their own way. They don't necessarily have direct supervision. And so that's driving the need to standardize a process. It's driving the need to take things that a computer does, maybe clerical work or analyzing the documents or comparing two different vendors and standardize that in such a way that I don't need highly educated and you know extremely first trained people. We can bring newcomers that are new to the industry into one of these roles and then solve problems. Yeah. Carrie, I want to go to you. He talked about automation is a key to survival. I know you see your role in what you're doing is not just helping the company along, but really it is surviving and what I think is going to become an extremely competitive market. Talk a little bit about how you see the survival component working as it relates to automation. So I think that's what drives us is evolving because we have to. So automating things that just take up time that don't help people grow as individuals is really what it comes down to. If you're sitting and waiting for documents to generate and you have to click another button to send them, right? That's not helping anybody advance their career. They're just sitting and waiting. So it's truly about keeping retaining employees and making sure that they have a path forward that's faster than the old historical way of mastering an entire job role that could take years and being able to master tasks and move their career forward. And at the same time, create efficiencies in the workflow that change the customer experience, make us more efficient, right. save money. That's survival. Yeah. Well, I'm also connecting with my producer who's back in St. Louis. It's the beautiful part about automation. She's there. We're here. We're dialing into a studio in New York through nice. automation. So it's pretty cool. But I have to pay attention to that because we got busy out there racing cars. We missed the window. So we had to reschedule the live podcast. It's getting ready to go live here. Just to you know, it's funny. Ahead. Our bus driver took us to the wrong location. You know? So that, if that's not the best example of how automation can improve. A person getting involved manually and making a mistake that's costly. I don't know what is. Yeah, I don't know. I think it is a great example because I mean, I listen to your staff and they're a little frustrated. You go, we gave them. I mean, not just once, but twice and three times. And I think we, it's, it's again. There's a lot of metaphors here being here at the racetrack, but also when you guys went to the wrong racetrack because of the instructions. It comes back to the human component. Carrie, what do you think is the biggest challenge lenders are facing with building a culture of change? The culture part of it is where a lot of people are struggling. Uh, I would agree. I think that the culture is, comes down to people. It comes down to leadership and sponsorship and other people being on board. It's really about having from the highest level down, understand the what, the why, how does it affect me? What's in it for me? The with mm -hmm. them, super important, totally underestimated. And you really have to take the time to adopt a change management strategy or plan that documents all of those components of why you're doing something so every, yeah. every decision that you make is tied back to that. And you're sharing that with the people around I'm you. I'm interested in how you're communicating that because sure, that, yeah. I mean, how the communication of that is where, you know, it's great to have a great why, but if you do a lousy job of communicating, what are you finding is effective way to do that? Well, communication is hard right now because we are remote in mm -hmm. general. So we've changed how we communicate. So based on other research, not mine, the most effective communication comes from a individual's immediate leader. So if they're a team leader or a supervisor, the message comes So the comes proverbial best. boss being is the best communicator? It actually is a, <laughs> of change. Yeah. So you have to educate anybody who's any type of leadership mm -hmm. position to have that elevator pitch, to know the why, to explain it, to calm fears and take that message downstream. So it's really, a, it goes back to education and sharing that vision, why we're doing things, where we're going with all of your leaders in the organization. Top down, yeah, all the way down. Because I think that's one of the things a lot of people struggle with. It 
things are perceived, oh, this is coming from the top. And a lot of the why doesn't get thoroughly communicated Correct. all the way through to the rest of the organization. You guys have done a pretty good job of that. And it's because you've had strong buy-in all the way through it. But I'm, I'm really interested into more of the how, because that's a little bit of the science that goes into this. Okay. Absolutely. So it's a model that we follow. It's the ADCAR model. Mm-hmm. And the A stands for awareness. The D stands for desire. If you do not achieve each of those, you cannot move forward to knowledge. You cannot move forward into adoption and you cannot move forward into reinforcement. If you can't get past That's good. people wanting to do something, right. then you cannot move forward. So our goal is to constantly evaluate, do they know what it is? Do they want to do it? And we're always evaluating, do they want to do it? Are they on board? It's the buy-in. So yeah. how are we doing that? It's through surveys. It's through pilots. It's getting other people to test things out. Yeah, sure. You were talking about this whole thing about driving change. And that's the part that I think is so many are struggling with in the communication side. Have you found any particular means? I mean, you just said the boss, the most effective, the immediate supervisor. The immediate supervisor. Right. That's what I meant. Right. The immediate supervisor. Correct. Okay. But communicating that down, who, who is driving the change? Does it start at the top and then it gets communicated all the way down? And then is it done? I'm trying to videos. Okay. So, before something happens, anything comes to life, right? It's a mm-hmm. concept, it's an idea. You definitely start with the buy-in at the leadership level, strategy, vision. If you've achieved that and we have a green light to move something forward, so having a plan of communication and keeping people involved throughout the entire project, not just at the very end of it, making sure that there's sound bites of information Consumable mm. small sound bites ah, throughout the You're hitting on something in. here. Yeah. See, I think that's you're hitting on something. What a lot of people is the consistency of constant communication. That is key. That is really that and is then the reinforcing key. it and not showing any deviation because change is difficult. Right. The adoption of it doesn't always just happen. Right. And I think when they see it coming in, their supervisor aligned with rather than grumbling about this correct that and and i'm really fascinated on how you brandon come back to you we bought it and i'm thinking of one particular client i have and they love the idea they're the visionaries but the get her done group at the end there was this massive disconnect in that and one of the things i'm saying is guys how intentional were we when we were communicating what were we communicating how was it communicated this is such an important point carrie It it really is. I think Brett and I both had a lot of experience with implementations from small to large, very large enterprise uh, customers that are going through a lot of change. So I think we've lived it. We've learned a lot of lessons. So moving into these other roles where we're doing new things, it's easy to reinforce from those lessons that we've learned. But communicating in a very simple, non-overwhelming way with those who are not technical Mm. because sometimes we tend to overshare being technical and geeking out over this stuff they don't really need all of that detail small sound bites and and constantly communicating showing little demos little things here and there that they can read and they can consume and they can keep so yeah you worked in implementation and i I want to get your perspective on that you've seen failures a lot of failures probably along your way and you've seen some successes what are the Things that, Brett, that you have seen that has been the cause and effect of each. Yeah, it does start out with the change champion. Mm-hmm. Whoever's leading the project, that's one of the most important parts. You need somebody that's going to buy into what the organization is doing and continually reinforce that message with everybody. And the entire team, all the way down to the people doing the most basic of tasks to the CEO of the company, needs to understand the vision of why you're doing something. And that's really important. So the ones that were most successful was they were really prepared to take on that change. They used the tools, they had the technology in front of them to understand what they were doing and who was assigned to what. 
It's part of what task-based workflow and what things need to be done and who's doing it. Is it effectively being completed? Going back to the communication of this, of what when you're affecting change back in your LMA days and even now, where do you find the breakdowns happening? I want to identify those for our listeners because so many of our people are struggling in this very area. That's a really good question. It probably requires a little bit of thought. Uh, <laughs> I'm putting it on you in the spot. I, we took a serious departure right off the notes. I, I think really <laughs> defining what you're trying to do by the person that created it, whether it's a, a particular task they're doing or even a, a loan that they need to yeah. underwrite or process. Right. If you clearly define what the expectations are, the people are going to take that and really run with it and do a good job. You know, we hire talented people people and we expect them to do that. So yeah, uh, if you define the requirements, whether it's a technology program or a mortgage related task, if they understand what to do, they'll do it well. Well, there's no question you've got a challenge ahead of you with uh, what's going on, but you've got a great product. I would assume that, that when you get excitement throughout, get buy-in throughout, that is going to have a greatest impact on it. You talked to Carrie about what uh, lenders have problems um, in implementing technology. Yeah. And so today I think I've got a pretty good analogy just being at the racetrack. Yeah. Just Saturday, uh, me and our senior director, Tammy, went out to the NASCAR event and decided to try that. The Lamborghini was just not powerful enough. <laughs> on a different so we got behind that. And at first, when we started using and getting in the car, it was intimidating. It's this big, powerful machine that's tuned. It's highly operable. It can do amazing things in the right hand. Right. And me, I've never been in a NASCAR, much less been in one of these sports cars. And they put you in a car and expect you to drive around one of their loops, banking turns and high speeds. And so it's that you're intimidated. You've got anxiety. Well, what helped me was I had an expert in my ear it was giving me coaching along the way that said, hey, go this drive line, increase the speed, and gave me that really expert advice. And he was watching from up above. And he could see what I was doing. And I, to me, that speaks like communication. Mm-hmm. If you have an expert that can give you guidance along the way and make sure you're doing it, they can give you course corrections, then you'll be right back on track. Right. Now, after a few laps, I was, yeah. I was pushing the limits of that vehicle and going 155 around a banking corner, and I felt comfortable. But it was because of experience and repetition. But let's go ahead and put in the soundbite from Data Verify so we can one of the sponsors. Do you want to talk a little bit about that before we play this soundbite? Yeah, they're integrated into our AI underwriter solution. They've got industry-leading fraud analysis, yeah. data workflow, and analytics of key compliance points. And then we can consume their conditions, and it's a great report inside of Encompass. Well, let's go. Let's listen to the soundbite we crowded here. Data Verify is the best-in-class service provider of risk mitigation, verification, and work flow solutions for the lending industry. Their latest enhancement to the platform is a game changer in the lending space and obtaining homeowners insurance. You can instantly retrieve a copy of the insurance declaration page, agent information, coverage amount, and much more. Set rules and triggers to retrieve this data instantly and on demand all from within the data verify platform utilizing LOS integrations, including Encompass. This revolutionary idea is one more step in automation that Data Verify will bring to your lending organization, reducing time and hassle for both your borrower and employees. For more information, visit dataverify.com and follow them on LinkedIn. Or while you're at the ICE Mortgage Technologies Experience 2022, be sure to make the connection with Data Verify at Booth 214. Again, Data Verify's booth is 214. But now you guys have a booth. We do. Okay, come on. Talk about your booth. We talked about theirs. We've always had a booth at Experience. This is kind of expected. We've, we've been here for uh, seven years now, coming to Experience, and I just love meeting old friends and seeing uh, our clients, our vendors, our partners, uh, folks from ICE and Ellie May. 
It's just part of the fun coming to Las Vegas. So uh, stop by our booth, check our stuff out. We've got some uh, really cool tools. We've got automation solutions, and you can meet the team. Very good. Kerry, we're going to be talking about speaking practically. Can you? Can we speak practically for a minute? Of course. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about what activities can executives do to champion a successful change. We talked a little bit about that earlier. It's more than just top-down. Talk about this. Sure. So I think from an executive standpoint, the most important thing before anything happens, anything even starts, right, is that we've identified what are our key goals mm-hmm. from an organizational standpoint and make sure that we are completely aligned from an execution technology standpoint with their goals. Because if we are and we're supporting them, then it makes it easy for them to talk about it, easy for them to understand it, show them again, super simple. Like, here's what we plan on doing. This is what it's going to do for us. Here's why, here's what we're going to get out of it. Here's how we think people are going to accept it and making sure that we keep them updated and educated on the progress of whatever we're implementing. And they take that message consistently down through all of their communications with everybody out in the field, all their other leaders, and truly just being a good sponsor who supports a project. That's the key. Otherwise, without sponsorship, a project will fail. Yep. Well, I want to add to that. You know, I completely agree from the vendor's perspective. It's the change. It's adopting what we're going to be doing and, and believing in it and continually reinforcing the message. But as vendors, we actually really need mortgage lenders to be those leaders of change. If they're not ready to adopt it, then we can't help. Kerry brought up a great point. It's a matter of survival now, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. If you're not automating, you're not going to be able to deliver that Amazon experience that I think the customers want. Well, and that and, and the cost be- factor. I mean, just to drive costs lower, we have got to get our costs originated, cost of fund loans down, down, down. So, Brett, when you talk about transformation, it's worthy effort. I agree. We've seen it with my company, which happens to be Transformational Mortgage Solutions. So we're big on the word transformation and transformational solutions. So give us some examples. I love examples of the direct benefits a lender can see from implementation solutions like disclosure automation and your flagship product, AI Underwriter, the products that you offer. Digital mortgage transformation is what we're all seeking. So we can deliver the digital mortgage, but we need assistance from everybody else. So really good examples. I think Mark Workins from Mortgage One's out in the audience somewhere. He can tell a story way better than I can. So reach out to him and ask him how he's used automation right. to solve problems. The most uh, pressing thing that we found when we did a white paper with him last year was they doubled their volume in 2021. And he didn't double his staff. They barely hired anybody. What? So they were able to handle that kind of volume with very minimal people. Did I hear you right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. That's an amazing, did not have to hardly hire anybody and double their volume. We had another example wow. that happened just last week. Basis points, uh, rates dropped by like 80 basis mm-hmm. points and everybody was rushing to lock loans and get disclosures out and capture that market. We had a really large lender that's using our automation for disclosures and they didn't have any chaos. They didn't have any problems. Our tool was able to go in and identify loans that had no other changes but a rate lock. Yeah. And we sent out disclosures with zero human interaction. So yeah. their people got that immediately and that means their borrowers are more likely to stay with them and close yeah. with them because they got an experience that was unlike others. Yeah. And I think we're talking about this one right here, right? That's correct. Well, they're a client of mine, so I'll tell you everybody who it is. It's celebrity. Dave Robnett, we talk about this and what he's always searching, looking at what's out there. So he's one of our clients and we talk about this very thing a lot. Yeah. And they're really invested in uh, technology and uh, yeah. automation in particular. It just helps them scale appropriately. I think the biggest challenge is finding the right automation. I mean, not every piece of automation fits everyone. Carrie. That's what I was going to comment on. So It's kind of interesting working with other lenders who had very little automation and they're scared and they're like, where do we start? My best advice is start with something that is simple. Go to partners like Brett who have already automated things that are repeatable and are simple and are standardized and the timing's there and prove that it works. And what happens is, because it's happened 
in our organization, now when we have meetings with executives or other managers, they're like, can't you just automate that? They're so bought into automation yeah. at this point, they come to us for just about everything and say, well, can't you automate that? So we're constantly trying to innovate on what we do next. It gets a little bit more complicated when you get yeah. into a little bit deeper into the workflow with exception paths and whatnot, but it's super fun and challenging. So it keeps us moving forward, but just proving that some of the simple stuff works will open up other lenders' eyes to say, man, we can do a lot if we just start to adopt the basics. Start with the simple things. and That's really key. A lot of lenders will try to add automation and they won't go live until they've solved every exception. They'll present fringe cases or things that could happen and say, this must be solved. Well, then they're missing out on opportunities to get the 80% or the 60% of things done. Even if you can automate 30% of things right away, you're saving time and energy. So right. get the basic stuff done uh, first and then move on to the exceptions. Let's talk a little bit more about some of the flagship products. What's the problem you're solving in those products? Disclosures in particular is a complex process. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of checks and balances that need to be done from the origination staff to the you know people sending out the disclosures. It's also really risky if you send out the wrong fees or the wrong amounts. And so yeah. if you've got a Especially lot of manual now. processes, a lot of people checking things, you're inevitably going to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. And you have a three-day window to get it out perfectly. So it's a time-sensitive issue, and there's a you know a training issue, staff issue. Right. You can't get the right people to make all those different decisions along the way. So what our tool does is adds all the compliance and integrity checks in there. So your people are just reminded gently what things they need to complete before they send out disclosures. Yeah. You can put rules in place to prevent certain things from happening, certain fees from being disclosed. And that allows you to streamline the process. Again, do it faster, more efficiently, with less uh, interaction with uh, people. Yeah, we've got another one of my clients that's one of your clients. It's NRL. They're here somewhere. They're saw, driving yeah, yeah, I saw them driving a car. A green that, Lamborghini. Yeah, they, there, yeah. So. so they were talking about that. And of course, uh, Joe Dominicus. I mean, I give him a shout out. He is such a big fan of you guys and what you're working on. Carrie, I'm going to start with you on this one. But what are some of the intangible benefits lenders gain from adopting a culture? I keep coming back to the word culture culture of change and automation. Start with you. Sure. So I think some of the intangibles are really focused on efficiency gains. It's not so much what people are able to just say, oh, we did this cool thing and look at it, right? It's people saying my role in the organization is changing, mm -hmm. right? I no longer have to spend time trying to figure out what to work on. Mm -hmm. Like That's a big one. That's what Brett and I have really been focusing on. Removing the need to say, spend an hour or two a day trying to be organized. Our industry, where we have failed, is giving tools for organization. Tools of like, you have all these loans, you have all this pipeline, the rates are going down, what should I be working on? What should I be focusing on? So removing that from the daily grind, the process of just knowing, what do I need to work on? What's key? We have so much data. Yeah. Let's use that data. And that's where we find the value. That's really interesting. Brett. Yeah, I really echo the same things. Just present that information. Let them understand what to do. It really provides clarity and all the communication. That's where the technology shines. It's dashboards and measurements and reports. Those are tools that help them understand what they need to do. Or are they doing it effectively? So use the technology. And I think that's true. But you said intangible. It's about creating a new kind of mortgage company. Really rethinking it. How can we take care of our stakeholders, our employees, but also our borrowers? I think uh, that's why we've worked with Lenar so well. You know, yeah. they've, uh, Lenar Escobar is here yeah, somewhere. She, yeah, she was earlier. I think she had to head back. Or, she might have had one of the fastest times out there. But not past her. I, I've heard her on a podcast <laughs> talking about being an agent of change. Yeah, and they is. embrace that from the top down. I yeah. think that's really, really important. So create that like democracy of ideas. Lenar, they empower their people to come up with creative solutions to solve problems, and it doesn't have to be 
the person assigned to the task. They can bring something to the table and they'll solve problems. So that's one of the intangible things that technology does is allows you to focus on other areas and find solutions you may not have been looking for. Yeah. No, well, I'm going to jump in because we were in that situation and we had to execute on a plan, on a project, and we ran into some hurdles. Yeah. And I just called Brett one day because I was like, hey, we're working on this together. I was like, here's where we are. Let's just talk about other ways that we could do this. How can we skin this cat? Right. And just through collaboration, we figured it out. And that's, that's amazing. Because we're allowed to. Yeah. I think that's... Because you're allowed to. Exactly. Right. Yeah, because you're allowed. Well, I think a lot of it... Leadership. I'm such a big fan of Laura's leadership. Escobar is just brilliant. And we were teasing her down there when she was getting assigned a car. And I said, no, Laura, your Yugo, your special car is over here. She was in an orange Lamar. I don't even know. Was that a Lamborghini? Yeah. It was pretty awesome. It was yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, I know. And she actually, I didn't pass her. I was just giving her a bad time. I just, I just love her competitive spirit. She's there it is, actually, going around the corner yeah, right well, there. Well, there it's it the is. I see. There's a, the Lamborghini. We're standing here on a platform looking out the windows, listeners, so we can see it all. One of the things we talk about, it's such an important thing, is Recruiting and retention. You guys, I want to get a little more. How do you see the benefit of what you guys are doing, Carrie, on retention and uh, recruiting? Uh, has the technology solutions that you've been implementing really helped in that? Well, that's what we're focusing on now. Okay. Right? We want to be able to open up our hiring capacity to those who don't even have mortgage industry knowledge or experience and have a platform that helps people come into the industry, learn certain core components, mm -hmm. not everything, right? right? Start to master tasks and grow, learn more things and escalate their career. They can actually find their niche that way. You might very quickly realize that you like origination better than underwriting, let's mm -hmm. say. You might be more into secondary and rates and watching the market. So really giving people the opportunity to like touch everything, which is really cool because it makes us more flexible. Yeah. From a standpoint of career growth and helping our associates, it really is our number one focus. Yeah. I got to ask you, I mean, um, recruiting and retention, they somehow got you. I mean, I, I get Laura. She is just such a drawing. But they recruited you in. And so let's give a little shout out to Lennar. I mean, what is the culture in Lennar that really attracted you to come in and has kept you there? So I was with ICE. I was with LA May for six years prior to joining Lennar. But they were my client when I was with ICE. And it goes way back. In the late 90s, early 2000s, I was at Mortgage.com with Tom Moreno, yeah. who's our CIO at Lennar Mortgage. Oh, he was my leader back then. He's my leader now, so I already did have a relationship. It wasn't easy. It was a very difficult decision to leave because I loved working at ICE. Absolutely loved it. So it wasn't just like a, I need to go type of thing. It was a opportunity to do some pretty amazing things with an incredible team. Our technology team is just honestly top notch and I love working with everyone there. So it was a easy transition. That's good. And I knew exactly what I was getting and into. I mean, just like our industry, I want to grow, just like our industry needs to grow and I want to be part of that growth. So that's so exciting. Just moving on to- And, and I can tell you, you have the freedom to build things yes. the way that you see it. I think that's really empowering. That's a good people. point. It's having the freedom to build, having the ability to, to recognize and say, how are you selecting what technologies to use? And how are you selecting, this one is going to be for us, and this one we're not going to go with. Looks like a great solution, but we're not going to go with it. We're going with this. That's almost a full-time job. Yeah. Honestly, we spend an enormous amount of time, Monty Murdoch's out here, we spend a lot of time with our, our lead analysts, myself, other experts, and we try to look at everything. We try to give people time, but we know what we're ultimately looking for. And for us, it's flexibility. So the right product has to be flexible enough to support our type of business. We are a new construction home builder. It's a little bit different yep. than regular retail yep. lenders. So it's making sure we 
see what's going on out there and we keep our eyes and ears open. But we make sure that once we have a vision and a strategy with our product, that we use it to its full success. That's awesome. Well, we want to wrap this up as we get one of the last sponsors on here. Tom Wunsch and I caught up with Softworks AI. There you are, Tom. Here's the piece we recorded, Ben. Tom Wunsch is here with us from Softworks AI. Very excited to have you here, Tom. Let our listeners get to know you a little bit. Who are you? And tell us a little bit about Softworks AI. Sure. Thanks, David. Just wanted to say at the onset, it is an absolute pleasure to be speaking with you. So my name is Tom Wunsch. I'm the Chief Operating Officer at Softworks AI. Softworks AI is a mortgage automation firm. So over the last five years, really looking at ways in which we can help our clients and partners drive operational efficiency. And Mm -hmm. so we've been developing a wide variety of automation tools that are AI-powered to really address some of the document-intensive workflows that unfortunately are just persistent in our industry. Oh, yeah, for sure. Workflow issues are biggest thing. And I think when you look at technology, Tom, one of the biggest mistakes a lot of lenders make is not being intentional about examining and evaluating their processes before they start implementing technology. Has this been your experience as well? Yeah, I think a lot of folks sometimes get paralyzed when (laughs) trying to solve problems, right? And I think one of the conditions that's adding to that frustration and paralysis is the confusion around what AI really is, right? And so from our experience, kind of living and breathing it on a daily basis, I can talk to 20 different lenders and they'll each give me a different description of what AI and machine learning is. But fundamentally, it really should be viewed as a tool. It's a tool in your toolkit that you should be able to apply to solve the specific challenges. And it has its strengths and weaknesses. And understanding that I think really starts to remove some of the mystery and so that you can get to more of an applied methodology about how to drive results. So good. We had an interview with Gabe Minton here some time back, and Gabe gave us a real clear delineation, difference between machine learning and one part of the spectrum and AI on the other. It's really interesting. But Tom, let's talk about your partnership with Lender Toolkit, and how does that work, and how do the two companies work together? Yeah, it's a burgeoning relationship. We're really excited about what we're going to be able to do together in the marketplace. So in, in some ways, it's like peanut butter and chocolate, right? So we're bringing two great companies together to really draw kind of a one plus one equals three approach. So Lenders Toolkit has an amazing platform, and I think they're really focused on driving efficiencies in the mortgage space and where we can enhance that and accelerate that value is by helping address some of the data confidence issues, right? So in any automation effort, the the biggest stumbling block is the reliability of the data. If you can't rely on the data, then feeding it to any kind of platform or automation, you're going to have very questionable results. And so at Softworks AI, what we're really focusing on is how to get the most accurate data possible. And with accurate data, reliable data, dependable data, you then can really transform your business. And so between us and Lenders Toolkit, we really feel that we're going to have such a compelling story, especially around some of the challenges of income verification and calculation. Well, I'm excited to get to know you and your company a lot better. I agree that you're fixing a part of the problem that is so prevalent in 
in our industry today. So I can't wait to get to know you and your company. We're here at the Lenders Toolkit event, and you are a big integral part of this. I'm so glad you got a chance to come on and tell a little bit of your story. we got to schedule an interview, a full interview, so we can learn more. Would you be willing to come back and do that for us? Absolutely. would love that opportunity. Thank you. Good. Thank you. And as we were listening to that, Tom's right out here in front of us. A round of applause for Tom. Did a good job. Outstanding. Good job. And I am serious about getting you back on the podcast. So, but anyway, I want to say thank you both very much. Thank you for allowing me to come to this amazing event and uh, share with our listening audience all the great things. And Carrie, it's so awesome to have you back on. I love your energy. I love your vision. And now I get to see that real smile, the real pretty smile that you have. Such a joy to have you on. Thank you for rejoining us. We got to have you back. You're part of it. Thank you so much. You bet. Brent, thank you so much for doing a great job. This is an outstanding event. What are you going to do to top this? I don't know. This is pretty fun. Maybe we just start automating mortgages. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think you did an awesome job. This is awesome. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. That will wrap it up. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. Good to have you with us, everybody. Say a special thank you to all of our sponsors, Finastra, Lenders One, Mobility, MMI, Modex, the MBA, Knowledge Coop, the Mortgage Cooperative, SnapDoc, Success Kit, Lender Toolkit, Penny Mac, Total Expert, and Form Free. Have a great week, everybody. Forward to seeing you back here next week. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.